Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. This episode is sponsored by AppSec Phoenix, the next generation application security platform, enabling organizations to run application security programs in a smart way. Visit www.appsecphoenix.com to learn more. Welcome, welcome back to Mentoring Monday podcast. This is your host, Francesco. This is the second part with Jane. We talk a little bit about more diversity. We open the forum to the question from the community and we investigate some more about the challenge of that we face in our industry, who we are, our identity, and what other thing people think about consulting and other challenges that we face. So I hope you enjoy the second part of the Mentoring Monday podcast, our conversation with Jane. And I wish you to see or hear your opinion in other episodes. So come comment in our page, in our LinkedIn, in our community, and be part of this amazing thing called cybersecurity. Well, it's it's exactly the same. So it doesn't it doesn't change. You know, it's actually being, you know, on on the ball with this. You know, so if you do have the resources to look at your threat intelligence, you know, then you need to be using that. But one thing that, and I, I, sorry if I didn't hear this because I was fiddling about to try and get back online, Um, but it's, it's actually being prepared for it, you know, so it's, yes, you need to take, you know, proactive measures to make sure that you are spotting, you know, these, these things, you know, and, and that you've done your due diligence, you know, by having regular pen tests and things like that, and that you've got systems and, and tools to support you, but you also need to make sure that you are ready to be able to deal with it when something like this happens. So it's not a question of if it's going to happen. It is a question of when it is happening, but it's more so when you discover it is happening, certainly for the larger organizations. And so that's why you need to be prepared. You and your team need to be be prepared you know, for this. And I have to say, I went to, I'm just going to plug IBM because I went to an amazing uh, an event you know I spoke at an event with with IBM I think it was this year it was this year and they had their buses you know that go around yeah. certain locations and things like that and they have simulated attacks um, and what that can look like from say journalists phoning in and, and quizzing you and what's your messaging and things like that how do you deal with it and when I was involved in that kind of scenario which was we were only um, limited to it for a short amount of time, maybe it was half an hour or something like that. We were in a room with very, very experienced consultants and things like that, and all hell broke loose because of how it was dealt, how it was dealt with the confusion. So it's being prepared for really it to happen and the discovery of of it. You know, so I think it's a learning exercise. So it is. I love, I love the, I love the principle of DevOps that you go, you break something, and you do a retrospective, and you know you learn from the retrospective. So I sponsor it in all my teams. Then go ahead, try something, try actually to see because discussing about it, we can create a lot of nice PowerPoint and big organization that I work with love PowerPoint presentation. 
But the best evidence that I've seen around is like when you go and try, as you said, with yeah. IBM, when you go and try and see actually the effect and what are the things that happened that are unthinkable on paper. Yeah, and it's doing almost like that pre-mortem, isn't it? You know, yeah. so so often, yeah. So often we do that post-mortem and we look back and and then of course everyone will plow in, you know, to comment and, and say what, you know, we should have done and so on. Um, and to cast blame and they're not particularly helpful at all. But it's actually trying to to think ahead and you know what other scenarios, what could happen. And use our brains because this is what I see that we're not doing in our field. We're not actually engaging our, our brains and we're not, we're waiting for permission the whole time and we are consuming rather than engaging our, our brains. And the IBM was, as Lori said, the X4 Cyber Tactical Operations Center. Thank you. The Black Yeah, bus. well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lori. I couldn't remember the exact term of it. <laughs> yeah, Just it was really... Very- term it's like is is marketing it's like a, a, a four pages name <laughs> exactly and it's important it's important it was it was a brilliant brilliant exercise and, and the, the beauty of it is doing something like that is you're showing you know so it's not a case of a brochure or using your words or whatever they're actually involved in it so it's very very powerful you know an exercise like that yeah no i, I love those kind of exercises mm. Does anybody else have any other question with Jane or otherwise I'll ask a couple of myself. Let's open the floor. Hi Jane, it's Laurie. Um, Hi Laurie. Back to the, the talk on entrepreneurship you were talking mm. about. And you, you said one of the things you thought would be difficult was kind of making change happen when you were so young. I was just wondering what your top tips are for implementing change. Oh, in what type can you be more specific? Well, I guess in my scenario, I'm not running my own company I'm working for a large organization so making change initiatives happen when you're surrounded by I don't want to say um I don't want to be stereotypical here but a very male dominated and older age group (laughs) as in yeah and also sometimes I'm not saying this is the environment you're in but sometimes uh, there can be a tendency with environments um, such as it's not it's not you know we don't need to fix anything it's not broken or this is how we've always done it you know i've i've been in environments whereby it's just this is how we've always done it and that's how it is being a disruptor is is yeah and and i think it i mean top top tips and things like that have have data you know whenever you're trying to move forward on on something you know you need to make sure that you are being mindful of when you're effectively pitching whatever the change is so catch them at a good time timing is really important and then make sure that you have got all of the information there um, because effectively you're pitching you're pitching for a change you're pitching for something to happen an action to happen so make sure that you've got all the information that you need especially data so that you're having data-driven conversations and things like that if you can um, in front of you but it's and also don't get too hung up if they don't change because typically what happens is a lot of a lot of companies a lot of leaders won't change and in order for change to happen it usually requires that organization bringing or that leader bringing in a consultant who'll say exactly the same thing as you've just said you know so you know it's just and you sit there kind of saying well I said exactly that you know and I presented it exactly the same way but sometimes I just need to hear it from a third party 
You know, sometimes it is a case of the, the more credibility, the more influence you have, the more attention that they're going to, you know, that th- th- they'll give you. You've got more influence, you know, so they will listen. But a lot of the time, a lot of the time, they won't. You know, so it does come down to also the, the culture. Have they got an appetite, you know, to change? Will they listen? You know, and in most cases, they won't. So it is a case of finding that environment where they will and where you can make an impact and we can move forward on something. And it's not necessarily that you're doing anything wrong. It can just be that that's how the culture is. You know, it's very change of change of ours. And that's we don't do things like that here. That's not going to happen. Or it's not the right time. So I always it's make- not the right time. Yeah. Always make it try to make it personal, try to solve or try to spin it up in a way that it solved their problem and is is trying to solve their problem because if you're pitching a transformation and you're not hitting the spot of I'm solving your problem, not a generic problem, but one very specific problem. So make it very, very specific to their problem. <laughs> Fundamentally you're just a salesperson. Absolutely. I always, always yeah. love the, the the salesperson mentality and, and the and pitching to startups or to investors actually gave me that that you need to be snappy. You need to have a message that resonates, that is short enough, that people can repeat. It's, it's kind of a marketing exercise of your idea. You need to have a brand, a name. It needs to look sharp and defined. So you and, can... Absolutely. And also to pitch it so that it means something to them. So you need to know exactly what, you know, because you've just, you just said something, which is really important. It's just like see it through their lens you know, and, you know, be prepared for that and pitch it, pitch it purely for them. You know, why does it matter to to them personally? A lot of the times we try and make change because we know that it's good for the cause, you know, or for the brand or the organization and things like that. But sometimes the key is, and I would always do both because that's typically how I pitch, but make sure it's relevant to that individual, that specific individual. So it's like, what's in it for me? Um, and then also know what their stakes are, you know, what's the risk for them? What does, what does moving forward on, on, on it actually look like to them from an advice perspective and then also from, you know, a positive perspective? From an advisor perspective, the hardest thing to do is actually not be on the front line. So the best idea that I sold, it wasn't sold by me, but was sold by the same people and, and I make them shine. But yeah. you, need, you need to be on the back foot and you need to recognize as a consultant, you need to make your client shine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rather than yourself. So sometimes it's yeah. a marketing against your marketing exercise. Yeah. So like the yeah. shadow that, that lurks in, you need to be a shadow that lurks behind uh, a person and, and push that person forward so that they are the driver of, of your idea. You're not pushing it. It's an ego also and with men it works really well i'm telling you yes i would agree i would agree we are egocentric this episode is brought to you by the generosity of appsec phoenix limited appsec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev-first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. So actually on that subject, Shane, how, how as a main industry, how can we support better women? Because I struggle a lot. Well, I, you know, the first thing is, is read my book, you know, because there's so, 
you know, I've got to say that because there's so much information. So it's like, understand, you know, understand it, you know, why, if you've, you've obviously got, got an appetite, you know, to help and understand. But the, well, the first thing has to be to, to read my book because that, that opens things up. Most of the time when men read my book um, and they are interested, you know, in, in the topic and what they can do, they turn around and say, is this really happening? Whereas the women who read it usually say that could have been any one of those stories could have been my story and it makes them feel very connected and not alone. You know, so, so the first step has to be to read that book because as Microsoft, you know, said to me, it's the only book out there that actually tells you how to solve, solve the problem. You know, so it is about not second guessing, about being aware that we've all got, we're all biased as men and women, we're all biased and it's just how, how it is. Um, so we need to understand the extent of our bias and make try and make sure that we are not making biased um, decisions and behaving in, in biased ways, you know, when it comes to the work that, that we're doing. So read the book. What else am I thinking? I mean, it's supporting women. I always say, you see, I always say, I always say what's good for women is good for men. You know, so really it is about building, becoming a better leader, you know, a leader of yourself and leader of a team, and also building that culture, either as a department or better still as, as a whole organization. You know, so it's, it's, it's looking at how can we, yes, do the right thing uh, for women, but the right thing for people as human beings. You know, and, and many of the things that are certainly contained within the book, you know, because with the book, I go through everything from, you know, how, how do we attract, you know, the language that we're using, you know, when we're out there marketing to, to the industry, what are the words that we're using? How are we going about hiring? What are our processes, you know, there so that we can either go about it ideally from a blind audition perspective. So we don't know what gender, um, age ethnicity religion and so on anybody is all that matters is actually can they do can they do the job um, and going about that in a blind perspective not having any information on those specifics is really good you know and then all the way through to okay right fine you've you've hired the right person how do you develop that that person and watching out for again more biases that can happen during reviews, again, in meetings, uh, by not encouraging more women to speak up in meetings, because sometimes they don't, because they may feel it's not a safe environment for them to speak up in. So there's certain things that you can do by making sure that women's voices are, are heard, and the spotlight does go on your female team members. So raising the, their visibility and making sure that they are getting access to projects and moving throughout the the organization or out of it even and you can do that with mentoring and you can do that with sponsoring so um those things are are massively important and then uh, and then obviously calling out bad behavior you know so it's just like that whole looking away that whole looking away it's just like turning the other way whatever that behavior is because then this is something that I think we're really poor at doing. You know, it's just having the boundaries, you know, what is acceptable in, in our department, our team, our, our culture, or me as a, as a human being, what is acceptable? And am I going to look the other way when something unacceptable happens? And I can give you a, 
a good example and it's it's you know the other day i was talking to a woman amazing leader um in the us and she spoke up you know she her team was performing she was winning awards and she was in a leadership position but when some of her female team members came to her and spoke out about things that were happening you know she went to her she went to hr and her you know, line managers, and she ended up losing her job because she spoke mm. out about what was happening. You know, so it's, but it is the right thing to do. And that's who she is as a person. She said, I could not have done that. Uh, but even though a lot of women were giving the, her the advice, you know, keep your head down, don't speak out. You know, that advice could have been given to, to men. I've, I've seen and heard stories where that advice has been given to, to men. But you've got you've to do the right thing. If you don't do the right thing, and obviously that is, that is um, a judgment call. And, you know, I would like to say it shouldn't depend on whatever situation you are in and anything that's going on at home or financially or anything. That should just be who you are as a, as a person and the values that you hold. Yeah, I know that sometimes... You know, it, it can be. So it's, um, and it's very easy to judge and it's, it's not the right thing to judge. But I would always encourage um, anyone to do, do the right thing and not to, not to look away. And hopefully by more people doing this, by being more public, people will be encouraged to actually speak up and support. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and this whole gender thing is really hard because it's really hard not to divide. So it is a case of leveling the playing field and bringing women up to, up to speed. But in the same instance, we don't and we can't afford to divide, you know, yeah. um, as men and women and also as, as women and women. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's yeah, you know, what it, whatever you do is, is usually a brave thing brave thing to do and it is difficult because some things you know even for example um you know tapping on the shoulder it's just like a man tapping a woman on the shoulder it's just like that's unwanted touching you know whereas then you know the guy might think nothing of it you know so it's just really i think understanding the situation and then also being very crystal clear about you know what you like and what you don't exactly and and what's acceptable in your environment yeah yeah. Even though those kind of situations, I mean, sometimes can become awkward because it can become cold. And I actually had a good story of this yesterday where I had the opposite, where I was discussing with uh, my communication officer and she accidentally touched my knee and she jumped and said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and I couldn't understand why, mm. why she was so apologetic. And I say, well, that could be, that could be yeah. missing. It's like I'm, I'm super relaxed yeah. about these things, but I can understand where uh, in 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 other situations that couldn't be that couldn't be accepted. And and coming from a man, it was so weird to receive yes. the opposite. Yes, yeah, well, <laughs> so far. Uh, but it actually made me think that uh, not everybody has the same perception of a, 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 a stupid uh, well. A, a normal gesture well this is it but also as well is you don't know what someone's background is you don't know what they've been subjected to so even you know so yes you've experienced that from the other side uh, and particularly if you've got touchy-feely people which you know can be you know a sign of you know just uh, a problem someone but yeah exactly not being sexual or anything like that it can just be like uh, you know I'm a friendly person you know, but it's, it's understanding, understanding that some people have had, yeah, 
exactly yeah I think HR and counseling and you know supporting those kind of thing uh helps a lot without coming with a sledgehammer and saying that's bad but it's always in a context yes and and uh, certainly as an employee you do have to be careful of of hr because <laughs> hr hr look after the company so hr are there to to reduce the risk and hr are there to look after legally the the organization as opposed to the employees so there's a lot of work to be done i think with with hr um, and that's why there are certain things that that i would advise you know if anything has happened you know male or female whether it's bullying or whether it's you know harassment or anything like that sexual harassment is just to be mindful of that to go and seek external advice you know from um someone you know a legal professional and then to make sure that you've got everything documented just in case you need it backing and i think as as ivan is saying is also depending on the on the cultural difference and on the yeah, absolutely as italian we tend to be more you know loud yeah. and more confident while other culture might not be or might take that yes. as some offense or, or especially working in 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 britain yeah uh, sometimes you know you get certain gesture or certain interaction misinterpreted by too mm. or too friendly um yes yes in here in us i mean in, in british culture where there is an etiquette and yeah. for us is important to understand that etiquette but also is important to understand <laughs> many of my clients are worldwide so we have to understand the cultural difference to avoid impasse or to avoid offending a person without particularly offending them i agree and i have very very silly but good example when i was in the un and we were we were signing paper you weren't allowed to sign paper with a red pen because there was an offense for a person because in in some african culture red is being used to declare war red pen were used to sign war declaration wow. So it's it's deeply root but it's something that you normally don't think about it mm-hmm. so it's like it's having that context and that environment and that's and that knowledge from that should be an HR initiative because it doesn't come from an individual it can't come from an individual Yeah well I I completely agree and also thanks to globalization you know we're we have a global marketplace so often we're we're interacting with one another globally So I don't know if it's a bad thing because it can complicate things but it also open up the doors to to the world. I think it's a good I think it's a good thing but then I like um I I like to understand so I find it interesting learning about different cultures you know and and people and things like that. So I yeah it's it's harder and that that's the thing with diversity you know it is harder and it can be slower. Yeah. And um you know and sometimes you know again we're moving into we're on the cusp of the fourth industrial revolution you know so everything's moving faster so easy about speed you know speed with everything um speed is the the new currency and of course diversity for all its benefits you know better decisions better innovations you know higher profits etc cetera, etc cetera, can also make you slower you know and there is that rub it's just like you know so so there you know <laughs> it's just it's 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 tricky it's hard it's hard exactly. i think it, it depends by the context and it it the best way to say it is i think about it is be open minded be relaxed and be and talk about things and sometimes you don't find an interlocutor uh, another person they want to talk about certain things and that depends on on your empathy and emotional intelligence as well i agree 
on trying to understand, am I breaching a context or is that person not ready to talk and discuss about this thing? And this goes also back to the diversity in culture because how I react to a certain, in how my facial expression is in a certain way could be a completely different in a different culture and could mean a completely different thing. Absolutely. And also we, we have, um, and the beauty of our industry is we have lots of different people in our industry. So many of the people can be on the spectrum. So they may not be able to read, you know, from, they may not be able to, to read you as well, or they may not be able to communicate in, this, in, in the same manner. So I had a very good example of this with diversity of, of view of things. So if, if your brain works in a different way, so I had a person that had Asperger's syndrome mm-hmm. and wasn't able to communicate. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big in emotional intelligence and I'm very empathic. And I couldn't read that person and that person exploded on me at a certain point and I couldn't understand why why went from complete normal conversation to an explosion because mm. then after that i realized he, he wasn't able to express emotion yes so i mm. wasn't I, I wasn't being aware that a certain subject was pushing him over the line mm. and when he pushed him over the line it just exploded and i couldn't get it at the beginning yeah. it's, it's really threw me completely off for weeks absolutely yeah i mean yeah i and yeah well, I mean, I was discussing with uh, Lisa that she she is uh, she comes from an autistic background, and we had this discussion about how she views certain things and how we can make certain things more simple for those people. Uh, I think it's hard. It's hard because, as you said, moving at at speed sometimes we mm-hmm. you can't be you almost can't be that. Um, understanding or spend time to actually understand the context so sometimes those people get left behind or run over by the speed of the change yeah so it's tough life is tough so i think we need to do the best in the time that we have and admit mistake that's my view yes and and be humble to learn so it's i think except that you know it's just like how can i do better you know if you if you come at it from that perspective then you can always do better we, we run a little bit over, but thank you everybody for participating. I'm going to ask Jane to leave us with a very positive message on diversity and the future of cyber. So Jane, go oh, gosh. as a closing statement, give us, give us a very positive, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give mine. Oh gosh, you go fast. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> That's the beauty of change, we change. Anyway, yeah. no, I'll go with mine. So as, as the industry change, I think, new thing are getting into the into into this industry like social engineering new trends coming into this place so i think it's becoming more and more interesting and more people can come into our industry and we're getting we're getting better i think fundamentally security is getting better it's getting different so we're getting new challenge but interesting challenge but we're getting better uh, there is more awareness there is more opportunity there is more money in this industry and we are coaching, we're getting, we, we're fundamentally getting better. I have the feeling that it's getting worse and better at the same time because we get invisibility. But we're going to keep hammering at it in this, with this energy, with this positive attitude. We need to make security cool. I, I keep on hammering with all my mentee, with all the conversation, with all the, the keynote that I do. We need to make security cool to attract other people in the industry that are coming from a different background. Security is, I love it. I love that. Um, security is cool. It's like we, security is, is cool. And that was like one of the reasons why I started my, my um, pen testing company 
because it's cool. It is cool. It is um, emerging. It's diverse. Uh, it's one of the top priorities in terms of, you know, the board, you know, for businesses and things like that. But there's a big mission. You know, the mission that I always talk about is, you know, really what we're doing is we are securing the world's operations. And really what we're doing is securing the world's freedom. This is about freedom. You know, so if you want, you know, if anyone um, enjoys learning, um, the people are amazing. The community that we have in our, in our in, um, information security or cybersecurity is amazing. Now, I am in this industry because of the people. I absolutely love the people. I can despair of the people at the same instance, but I stay in it because of the people. So it's just an amazing industry to, to be in if you care about those things. Thank you for staying with us. This was your host talking with Jane and the community. We had the pleasure to talk about a number of things, including the burst, including the challenge that we face in this industry. And Jace was so kind to come to, on the podcast. Again, thank you everybody for listening to this second part. It's been a pleasure. This was your host, Francesco. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com.